Thanks for tuning in again to Seven Figure Fitness Business. Today, we've got a cracker of a topic. We're going to be discussing how you can calculate financial goals in your business. It's really going to be we're laying out a simple game plan here or a path to you being able to achieve 10K a month in income versus revenue. And to kick things off, G and I have a bit of a funny story from when we started our first ever fitness business, Hypothyroid Body Transformation, about four years ago now. We got started and in with a couple of months, it was fair to say we thought we were ballers. We thought we were the big dogs. We were pulling in a whopping 9K a month and geez, we were excited. And then we got an accountant and that accountant told us that we were in fact making nine a month and spending 13. So here's me, I'm in Macau, China, and I'm literally in a cab on my way to a casino of all places. <laughs> and uh, and I, get this, I get this video report from our bookkeeper saying, yeah, you guys lost like $4,500 this month. And my, my stomach dropped, my heart was beating fast, and I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? <laughs> There's nothing about that. Like, you know, I think we were walking around, like, walking around, chests pumped up, feeling like absolute ballers, more money than we'd ever made in our lives before. We're hiring people left, right and centre. We hired your mum, we hired one of your friends, then one of your clients. We're scaling this business as fast as we can and, you know, then to realise that we couldn't actually pay ourselves in a very short period of time. It was just a full, so it was a real kick to the nuts. Yeah, we had to do a lot of organising from our five-star hotel in Cambodia that we really shouldn't have been staying in. So, <laughs> There was, a, there was a lot of mess to clean up, but I mean, it was it was a really fun journey and that was one of the best mistakes we ever made because effectively it was a real like innocence and naivety from a business sense. And I think since we got our mentor who recommended the, the bookkeeper and we got all that stuff squared away, we kind of understood how easy it is to make mistakes in a financial aspect, to not understand the difference between revenue, which is the amount of money that your business is making in sales versus profit, the amount that it gets to keep after expenses, and then cash as well, which is something people don't seem to understand about, which is that having available cash, not, not cash that's coming to you, that's been promised on a payment plan, money in your bank account so that you can pay tax, you can pay yourself, you can pay potential staff. All of these things are essential and we just didn't know. So, you know, luckily we hadn't bought our Lamborghinis yet. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't have Lamborghinis, I'm joking. But, you know, it was crazy. I don't know, Iggy, if you have any sort of a story just before we kick into the like the, the breakdown. Do you have any sort of a similar story or have you always been good with money? No, I've not always been good with money whatsoever. I think for me, my story is a little different in the sense that I got slapped with a tax bill <laughs> Yeah. that I was not prepared for. I essentially got caught my pants down. So this was like 2018 when things started to really like take off. And so going into, so towards the end of 2018, going into 2019, I was doing like anywhere from like 10 to 15, 20K a month. And so I started to spend, I started to buy different things and I started to like put a lot of money back into the business. And I never set aside anything aside for taxes the thought of taxes never even occurred to me <laughs> because there was so much money coming in. I was like, oh, I can figure that out later on. But when it came time to actually pay the taxes, I actually didn't even have the money 
to pay for it. So I ended up having to owe the IRS interest on top of what I already had to pay and I had to dig myself out of a hole throughout like 2019, paying up the 2018 taxes. So for me, that was about the biggest awakening was realizing that not only do you need to make sure that you have enough money to cover your expenses, but you also need to make sure that, that you have enough money to pay the government what they're do what they're owed because yeah. they are going to come knocking <laughs> when that time comes. Yeah, they're definitely like your most expensive staff member, and we had the exact same issue. Iggy, is that you know because the reason we had this money to spend and we weren't aware is that we were spending the government's money. So basically, we had this sort of quarterly tax that was coming due. Had no idea that we should have been putting that money aside in, in the level that we did. Or maybe we just didn't want to think about it. And then we got a very, very rude shock on our first quarterly quarterly return. And it was like, where's the money? Uh, okay, <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't have it. So we had to sort of go into like a recovery process for the next like, you know, three to six months. But, you know, it was a lesson. I would say neither of us particularly panicked. We just had to kind of realize what was the situation and then, and then we fixed it. So then all yeah. of a sudden we were putting in very long hours in that, in that very nice hotel in Cambodia. We were so frivolous with our money, weren't we? We're like staying in this five-star hotel in Cambodia, which wasn't cheap. It's about $5,000 US a month. And then we were ordering room service, food to our room every single day. And I remember like as we were leaving, they go, oh, yes, so you owe us for um, electricity as well. And we're like, oh, electricity can't be that much money. And we're like, what? In Cambodia, electricity, 500 bucks. Yeah. And there's so like... It's just like so many little things that we didn't think about. And I think like we got ourselves out of that by just effectively, we just spent a little bit more money on ads and made more money and just didn't, you know, we let out the amount of revenue that we were bringing in take over and we started making more profit by not hiring more people and, you know, downsizing a little bit in terms of where we were living. So that kind of bailed us out, but it could have easily at that point in time taken a very, very negative turn in the wrong direction. Absolutely. Well, I think like let's let's sort of start digging into the financials here and we'll try and make these as simple as possible so that if if people are wanting to kind of, you know, do some calculations themselves that it's not, you know, they don't feel like they have to go to Harvard for like a mathematics degree so they can work this stuff out. So, so what I want to do is just like set out a simple equation here, which is really just like if people who tend to get on the calls with me for sales, right, they're thinking about getting some mentorship. It's really common for people to have a revenue in their fitness business of somewhere between about one and 5K a month, right? Which means that they're billing their clients up to about 5,000 a month. It can be a little bit more than that. But then of course, we all know you've got to pay your gym a significant portion of that in rental fees and all that kind of stuff. So you don't necessarily get to keep all that money. But what we thought we'd map out today is how you can actually keep 10,000 per month after expenses and just mm -hmm. mapping that, that out. So the first thing is, if you're going to get on a call with most mentors, I'm pretty sure that they're going to do this. They're going to say, well, what's your average sales price? Let's say it's $2,000. Well, you want to earn $10,000? Simple. You just got to make five sales, right? No. <laughs> that couldn't be any further from the truth. That's absolute BS. Yeah, like, because you're going to earn $10K, you're going to have some people drop off, and then you're going to have expenses that are kind of going to come out of your end. You're not going to get anywhere close to that goal. So we need to factor in a lot more concessions into the formula so that you're going to have a chance of keeping that money, right? So the first thing we want to do is estimate, and this is very rough because we don't know you guys, we don't know your business. 
assuming you're a one-person business, you don't have staff, we could probably make a really raw estimate that you'd be keeping approximately 50% of the profit and about 50% would go to expenses in the form of perhaps advertising, perhaps software, and also tax as well, right? So let's say 50% goes to tax and expenses. So that means that you need to be earning at least 20,000. But even that number isn't quite safe because what you'll find in online is you're going to have some people that drop off. And we talk about this all the time that, you know, you get people who join your program with the best intentions. They join on a, on a 12-week, 16-week, 26-week program, and then something happens. You know, a family member gets sick. They get sick. Something personal happens. They just lose their mojo and they just drop off. But it's very, very common that a certain percentage of people are not going to pay you. What have you guys found is that sort of normal percentage of people that drop off in, in terms of payments? With all of our clients, we run tracking sheets, right? Yep. And I think it's just always the most super, super important to work out the worst case scenario yep. in terms of people not paying you. Like obviously the variable here is going to be the quality of the program that you deliver. But assuming the quality of your program is really good, you know, we just factor in that people who are on payment plans. So you've got to say, let's say 20% of people, 20 to 30% of people pay you in full. Right. Of the remaining 80 to 70%, there's going to be 20% of those people who default, who don't finish their program, if you've got a good good program that you're running. Mm -hmm. So that effectively needs to be factored in that about 20% of people just aren't going to pay. Right. Okay. In terms of so you've got 20% there. You're also like in terms in terms of the cost of acquiring customers, which you mentioned beforehand, Mm -hmm. you generally like we work off a five to one ROI as an absolute minimum right that you need to be getting five to one before you can scale out your business but it's also you know some people are getting 10 to one i've seen there's a guy in our program at the moment who i've seen is getting like 30 to one every single week right really depends on your niche and your brand but i think like starting out you should be factoring that 20 percent there and automatically you know that's the first 40 percent yeah well that's it so i mean basically if you allow roughly 30 percent for tax and it can depend on where you are and if you allow roughly 20 percent to go to ads that's roughly going to wipe out your 50% right there. And then obviously there's like very minimal subscription costs and all that kind of thing. But that that gets you a bit of a rough idea as to, as to how to get there. And I mean, if we, if we look at 20% failed payments that you have to factor in, that means really what we need to do is we need to aim for 25,000 in revenue. And the reason behind that is because 20,000 is 80% of that number. So that means that even if you sell 25,000, in revenue and 20% disappear, that means you're going to lose 5,000 of the money that you think you're getting, right? You've also allowed a 50% profitability margin. Now you're in good stead, right? So what we need to really determine, and I think this is something that so many business coaches, I just think they absolutely lie about, you know, the whole, oh, you only need five sales a month. It's so untrue. What you actually need, if you've got a $2,000 product, which is where we usually recommend people start, you're going to need roughly... 13, 12 to 13 sales a month, right? If you do that, you are in really good shape. And then all you need to really do is just break it down. I mean, well, if you need that many sales per month, how many do you need per week, right? So it's going to be, it's going to be roughly three to four sales, maybe three sales a week, right? That's so achievable. Like three sales a week. If you break it down to that, hearing 25K really makes a lot of people get very nervous, But when you say, well, hang on, you just need three sales per week, 
that's doable, right? Like that just really comes down to marketing. If you have enough opportunity in the form of leads and if you know how to sell to some extent, that should be very, very achievable to hit that goal. And this is one of the things that I suppose we love breaking down for, for members because they come in with no idea of how to hit their financial goals. They don't know whether they should be aiming for 10K, 50K, 100K. Am I going to be a millionaire in the next month? You know, people don't know these things. So if you break it down, you start to have a map and a target that you can actually aim for. And it gets really exciting because you have a formula. What, what are your thoughts, Iggy? I agree. I think when it comes to setting any kind of financial goals, you need to be really conservative with your expectations mm-hmm. and being able to err on the side of worst case scenario with, with your numbers. So for me, I do the same thing where I'm like, I also factor in having setting aside enough money every month that can be allocated towards taxes, right? And then setting aside some funds towards what I call a peace of mind expense, where if something comes up, you know, we can take care of it. So even those things, you kind of want to factor in worst case scenario and then build your expectations based on that. And then once you know, like, my to hit my target, I just need to be making three to four sales a week. Then you can start focusing on those leading indicators that are going to help you mm-hmm. get onto those, create those sales opportunities that can start that you can start using to to generate income in your business. Yeah, super powerful. I mean, like you know, we always say that we're guided more than anything by the numbers, and you know, obviously, we don't just mean financials when we do that. We mean numbers altogether, but. It is really exciting when you actually set goals that you feel are real, right? And I I actually resent seeing people when they give like, you know, inaccurate numbers because I know that it's like it's like cheating. You know, you want to play a game that's actually going to pan out. I want to know that if I follow certain steps and if I achieve certain goals that I will receive what's at the end of the tunnel. And so if you find yourself in a position where you want to make 10K per month in income, which if that's your income, you know, that's far, far more than the majority of personal trainers around the world are earning. It's about three or four times the average income of a personal trainer, right? You just got to map out what that's going to mean. So keep in mind, you don't just aim for 10K, you at least have to double it. Then you have to factor in a failed payment rate. So you're going to, yeah, that 10K becomes 25. And you can get this down to an art, guys. I mean, you can work out not only, you know, how many sales you need per month, which we said 12 or 13, not only how many sales you need per week, which was like three, But if you want to factor in two more variables here, when you make a booking for a sales call, what percentage of your leads actually show up? Now, for us, we typically get roughly 70% of leads to show up. But I like to factor really conservative numbers for people, you know, just so that they can pan out with a really high degree of likelihood that even if we get 50% of your leads showing up, which is a terrible metric, by the way, that's, and you'd be depressed with that, right, G? Yeah. yeah. So, so that, twenty. Yeah. So if that's the case, and you're you need three sales a week, that means you're going to need to get on at least six calls because we're assuming you know terribly that half of them are going to not show up. And then the final thing is we just need to know what your conversions are. And I speak to a lot of people whose conversions are really bad, twenty to forty percent, twenty to fifty percent. Right. We want them to be no less than fifty, and ideally between sixty-five and eighty percent. So if you're converting at fifty percent and you're getting on six calls, sorry, if you're converting at that, you're going to need 12 calls, 12 bookings, sorry, 12 bookings, half of them don't show up. That means you get six calls and you're going to convert half of them. You'll get three sales. 
That's ultimately your formula right there. You can get it down to the point that you're going to need very conservatively 12 bookings per week. If you can make that happen, you've got a 10K a month income. Yeah. AP, this is a process that you know like the back of your hand because I think one of the things that you do is you actually do this with every single person you hop on a sales call with, right? Yeah, I've actually you set up. You I've actually set up. open, honest, you know, direction of like, you know, what it actually looks like and map out the future. What I found really interesting, guys, is that like, you know, it kind of, it really intrigued me because when I first started doing this with prospects on sales calls, thinking, hey, this is just like, if I joined a program, I'd want to know. I'd want to know what where the goalposts were. Everyone started saying the same thing, which was like, dude, like, I really like how you broke down the numbers. No one's ever done that. And it just made me realize that so many, I guess so many mentors are just kind of giving these airy fairy goals And, you know, that's why people are finding themselves so nervous because they talk about this 50K a month goal and they have no idea what that's going to take. Yeah, what does that mean? Either they're being misled, which I don't like because they're being told that all you need to do is make 25 sales, which is rubbish. You know, 2,000 times 25 equals 50K, right? No, you haven't factored in the, the failed payment rate. Once again, you haven't factored in profit margins. So they're being lied to. The other alternative is they just sold without any kind of focus on the numbers because the mentor knows that it's not likely going to pan out. So we just like to break it down so that if you get on a call with me, I will literally get it down to the point where you know how many bookings you will need per day in six months time to have a business that is meeting your financial goals. At least that way, you know, the game that you're playing, you might not win the game, but if you get pretty close to that goal, you're still going to be happy with it. Yeah, and then it becomes something that you're not only, it's not just short term, right? It's like once you know what that is, you know, like assuming that you're not desperate to to make it happen, Mm -hmm. you can actually give yourself time to develop the skills needed to actually start reaching those targets, you know, because you may set those goals and you may have an idea on where you want to be. But as you start working on it, you realize there's some areas in this game that you just lack skill and that you need to take time to develop, right? Knowing where you're going and knowing what the targets are gives you the focus that you need. All right, this is where I'm lacking, right? And you can start developing this skill so that you can start getting one step closer to your goals. And then as you start to get one step closer, you realize, okay, I'm lacking in this area and you start developing that. And now you're actually playing it with the end in mind. Like, hey, I'm not looking to reach this goal overnight. When I started my business, I was like, I gave myself five years. I was like, if I can't figure this out in five years time, right, then this just wasn't meant to be. But I'm not going to try and do this overnight. I'm not going to try and start and be like, okay, in one month time, I'm going to be here. I'm like, no, I'm going to give myself five years of solid work of investing in developing my skills of practicing and just sharpening myself to get to to reach my business goals, or if I'm not able to do and figure it out in five years and <laughs> F me, it just wasn't meant to be. <laughs> and I just got to let it go. So, but some people come in with just this false pretense that, Hey, it's just going to happen. I just need to do this and it's going to happen overnight. Right. You got to give yourself a realistic expectation and be like, Hey, this is ideally where I want to be. But if it turns out I'm lacking the skills and I need to get there, I need to be realistic with my expectations and be prepared to put in the work to develop the skills that I need to reach this level. Where do you guys see mentorship fits into this equation? And just to to preface my question here as well, like 
What do you say to that person that comes along that's at 5K a month and says, look, I want to get to 50K, but I'm a smart person. I think I can, I think I can do it on my own. What do you guys like say to that person? Give me one example of somebody who's done it on their own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. I had this conversation just last night. I mean, what I, what I can say, and this is a, it's a nice feeling is that we are advocates of what we are offering here is that the reason why we have become mentors is because we have been heavily mentored. Even right now, we are working with a lot of mentors in specialist areas because it allows us to narrow very sharply that time curve, right? So you can say, well, hey, like in the last four years, we have had a business that's had a lot of success and made a lot of mistakes, right? Now we avoided a huge number of mistakes and saved a lot of time by getting mentorship by people that were already where we wanted to be or ahead of that, right? We could have worked it out on our own, but I doubt we would even be, you know, a quarter as successful as what we've been able to be if we had to work it out on our own, because we just wouldn't have known the systems to implement, right? And the systems have been huge in mentorships we've done. I mean, you guys in particular being systems-minded people, I know often we do like one mentorship and we get like one thing out of it, but that one system alone is literally game-changing, Absolutely. And that, that's it is. It's like you need to understand that it's not about ego. It's not about intelligence. You don't know what you don't know. So you need to find out what you don't know from people that know it and who've done it before. People who are where you want to be. It just makes sense to actually ask certain people for advice. I think a lot of the time we, you know, we think that we can, you know, we can do things ourselves, but the reality is like, where you're at now, you probably need to learn a new skill set. I say this in the very first video in our marketing unit, but people come to us, you know, it's not about necessarily, you know, learning how to make money right now. It's about learning a skill set that's going to make you money for the rest of your life. Because most people come to us as coaches. They are really good with their clients, right? But they actually need to learn an entire new skill set which is the skill, skill set of being an internet marketer, an online marketer. And once they understand that, it's not just, you know, it's not specific to just fitness. It's a skill that allows you to make money in any area of, you know, any any business, I should say. Yeah, hugely so. And, you know, to that point, G, I think this is probably why the majority of mentors don't break down financials because, as I said, we get it down to bookings a day pretty much on a, on a sales call map it out for somebody. What are your goals? All right. All that gets diluted down to this is how many bookings you'll need per day to comfortably achieve that. Well, the issue that most programs will have is that because they teach organic only, you can't rely on that for a consistent and steady flow of leads unless you are incredibly talented and sort of have that celebrity status, which means you need to break through everyone in the crowd to get to the top. We paid ads, we can get it to a point where there is a level of consistency. Like as you say, G, roughly five to one. And we've talked about this many times before, but it's that concept of saying, well, if I was to hand you $1,000, knowing that you'd be giving me $5,000 back fairly predictably, then all I need to do is understand that that number has become predictable by testing it. And eventually I'm good to go. I, I know comfortably once my ads are firing correctly, that if I put down X amount of dollars, I'll get X amount of leads in return, which leads to X amount of money in the bank account. That's that's essentially what this breaks down to. And if you are in the fitness industry and you do have a problem, 
with a consistent flow of good leads, you are never going to be able to reliably predict or achieve your financial goals. Simple as that. Yeah. And that goes with any business, right? Any business where you don't have predictability in how many new eyeballs you're bringing into your business, you're not going to be able to predictably forecast how much you want to make. You're not going to be able to predictably set goals. You don't know what your lead indicators are. Like, what are the things that drive the the revenue in your business? Like, you can't, there's no way to predict any of that. So you're just building your business on a hope and a dream, right? And never having that consistency. So from month to month, you never really know what your business is going to do. And that's, and that's not a good place to be. So I think like so many like personal trainers, they are used to just trading time for money and they know it, right? They go to the gym, they get their 50 to $100 an hour or more, depending on where they train in the world, you know, and they do 40 hours a week, you know, or at least they have 40 hours a week worth of work if you include all the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they might be earning $5,000, right, a month. The problem is with that is if they have a goal of wanting to achieve $15,000 a month, well, the only way that they can achieve it on that same formula is that they they start working 120 hours a week, right? Which is completely miserable. And there's no there's no end there's no exit strategy to that. And that's why people they don't want to do it. But you know, make no mistake, when you come in and if, if you've got a face-to-face business and you're doing fairly well, 40 hours a week worth of clients, which is pretty good, that's definitely better than average. There's an issue here where you know, you may have to work harder for a certain period of time to create your exit strategy. But that's what we're doing here is we're helping people in a six-month period create the exit strategy for their own life, which means that they can leave a, you know, trading time for money job and they can come into a position where they can earn far more money in far less time. And then they have the power moving forward of saying, well, now that I'm profitable, now that I have cash in the bank, maybe I'll hire an employee. Maybe I'll start with a virtual assistant. They're quite affordable. They can do the jobs that I don't want to do. Maybe, <laughs> this is the one people say all the time, I'm going to hire a salesperson, right? Well, that tends to not be your first one, but certainly hiring a coach. It's a great time to hire a coach. How many personal trainers out there, all they want is a secure source of income. So you can hire a great coach for a fairly reasonable amount of money and they can help you run your business and make it even more profitable. But you have to understand your numbers because you can't do what Andrew and I did and just hire a whole bunch of you know people early on who happen to be friends and family. So we're never going to fire them as well. Yeah, so, so that was another mistake. But you know you have to put yourself in a position where you're making financially aware and responsible decisions. It's a big part of what we teach, you know, and we and we we love to teach it because it was such a big lesson for us. It was one of our, our biggest failings and one of our most important failings. It worked out all right for us. But, uh, you know, like it's more so like we were teetering on some edges for a period of time and it, it all just just come down to the concept like, you know, we are running legitimate businesses. This isn't about stuffing around and making a little bit of money. This is the real cold hard facts about what a business looks like. And if you want to scale it up and be, you know, a six, seven-figure organization, eight-figure organization, you're going to need systems and structures in place. You're going to have to understand every single number that comes in your business because you need to be able to make decisions in the future. And without, you know, the numbers from the past, it's impossible for you to be predict where you're going to be unless you have every single detail. Love it. Anything else you boys want to add to the conversation? 
Now, I think, I mean, once you know your numbers and you have like your idea of where your financial goals are, you know, it's going to set you up for the next obstacle, which is going to be, all right, how do I go grow beyond this point, which is where we start introducing the conversation about scaling. But before you can even talk about like actually scaling up, you got to you got to know what your target is and have an idea of what that looks like. So I think for those of you guys who are listening, take some time even today or this week to actually think through your your goals and think through, OK, what how much do I want to make like actual cash being collected in your business every month? And then think through like that formula where you're thinking about all right, how much do I need to set aside for taxes? What are my expenses going to be? And think about like operating on like a 50% profit margin and what those are going to look like. So you have an idea on what your weekly targets and your monthly targets are. Take time to really think through what that needs to look like. So you, you know what game you're playing. Yeah. I guess one more thing is like, you know, there's that old adage, you got to spend money to make money, right? And I mean, really, you can apply that to yourself. One of the ways to really sort of give yourself the best chance of being successful in life is to have money readily available that you can invest in yourself. And, you know, as we know, a lot of people, they go and they do the stock market or they do real estate and that's all good. But I mean, surely the best investment you can make is into yourself. So when it comes down to it, you know, you need to have money that you can either invest into learning or into your business in the form of, say, advertising dollars, et cetera, so you can actually start to get ahead. So if you are in a position where you're dead broke, one of the first things you probably want to be doing is just to try and start building up a little bit of a cash reserve so you have some ability to do some things, whether it's investing in in, in some sort of a course or whether it's just starting to actually invest some money into your business so you can actually let it grow. It's very hard to grow a business when you've got zero dollars in the bank account, right? Yeah. I've been there and it's very, very difficult to do. Yeah. It is not easy. All right. So, but if you're in that position, you just know that you got to be willing to put in a lot of sweat equity. Right. And you got to be willing to do odd jobs to fund your, your business, right. Driving Uber, you know, doing <laughs> jobs that you don't like to do to earn extra income that you can set aside to be able to reinvest into your business. And that's what it takes. You know, people hope, want it to just happen overnight or just happen at a snap of a finger. And they don't realize all the work that goes behind the scenes to creating what they see on the front end. So you got to set those realistic expectations and be prepared to to put in the work of making those things happen and be prepared to to paying the price to achieve your goals. And I'll never forget this. I can't remember which book that I read, but there was a quote where it's like, if you want to be successful, you got to know where you want to go. You got to know what's it going to take to reach the goal. And you also got to know the price you have to pay to achieve your goals and then be willing and prepared to pay whatever that price is. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people think they just set goals and reach it without having, without any sacrifice. That's incredible. I love that because I think that's one of the biggest failings that a lot of people have when it comes to reaching their goals is they just they haven't figured out what the sacrifice is, what you have to pay to get there. And, you know, that always comes in one of two things. It's either going to come with an investment that you're going to invest in your business, you're going to hire people, and you might have to be content that your business isn't going to make profit over the first year if you're putting in a sizable chunk of money or, you know, in the case of some business, multiple years before it actually turns a real profit. Or you're going to have to give up your time personally to get there. So it's just like, 
what is you know what is the answer to that? And in most cases, it's a combination of both. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, guys. Well, great episode today. Hopefully, people tuning in found that really interesting. If you are, if you have been listening to some of our episodes, why don't you do us a favor and uh, and like and subscribe on on YouTube? That always helps us out in terms of growing this channel, getting it out there to more people. Um, if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, you can always leave us a positive review. And and if you hate the episodes, why don't you just write it down in a private notepad and uh, and keep that to yourself? And yeah, well, I guess we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks. Hey!